We're going to look at some, uh, look at a familiar passage of scripture tonight that's usually talked about and preached about around Christmas. But you know, we're just we just got out of Christmas, so it's not that far away. Amen, Abram. Amen. Turn to Matthew chapter two. <clears throat> Matthew chapter two. We're going to read twelve verses. Just get right into it. Matthew chapter two. If you find that, if you can stand, if you're able to stand. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, He demanded of them where Christ, that word Christ means Messiah, where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not thou the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had... uh, Privately called the wise men, he inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. He's lying. He just wanted to kill the baby Jesus. Amen. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. So I was fascinated by that word stood. This is not the message. I just wanted to throw this at you. But uh, have you ever seen a star stand? So, you know, I've heard some teaching about the star. It was really just an angel in the sky. Angels are called stars in Revelation and a lot of other places. But if you're going to stand or if you're going to stood, you've got to have legs, right? I'm, I'm just, anyway. Till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, so this is not the manger scene. This is about two years after Christ was born. He's a, like a two-year-old young baby boy. They're living in a house now. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. So I just want to give you some thoughts tonight on this, uh, with this thought in mind that when you meet Jesus Christ, you'll go another way. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the song that you made a way, and uh, that was through Jesus Christ, free pardon of sin, salvation. Lord, just thank you so much for being saved tonight and knowing you. And Father, we need your help tonight in a special way. I, uh, Lord, I know you want to use me more than I want to be used. I pray that you would just bless now the power of the Holy Spirit 
I pray for uh, liberty tonight, Lord. There's maybe somebody here tonight doesn't know for sure if they died, they'd go to heaven. That you might be able to get that settled. And then, Father, just help us to learn something out of your word tonight, Father. We just want to tell you we love you. Thank you for being our God. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so we see here the, the, uh, <clears throat> the story here. The wise men see the star in the east, and uh, somebody told them that there's going to be the king of the Jews born. Think about that. Was the star talking? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, maybe I'm saying too much here. But uh, anyway, they go to Jerusalem, and they go into Jerusalem, and they say, where's this king of the Jews? He's supposed to be born. And uh, Herod, he, hear, he hears about it. So he calls them in, and, and, then, uh, and then he calls in the, the scribes and the chief priests. Why did he do that for? Because they knew the Old Testament. And, and, and they, they opened the book of Micah, and it says right in Micah that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Uh, <clears throat> and they read that scripture, verse 6. And then Herod, he's just a sly old fox, isn't he? He wants to kill Jesus. So he sends them back to Bethlehem. They find the young baby Jesus. He's in a house now. He's not in the manger. And uh, there's several things here that happen in verses 11 and 12. And uh, we're just going to go through that a little bit. <clears throat> Verse 11 here, it says, When they were coming to the house, <clears throat> when they were coming to the house, so I just want you to, I just want you to kind of get this uh, thought in your mind tonight that after meeting Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin, you're going to go another way. Your life will change directions. Amen? Your life will change directions when you get saved. Uh, when I, I was, before I got saved, I was a long-haired old hippie guy, messed up, messed up. I was a mess. And uh, I'm still a mess, but I'm not as bad a mess, but... Uh, but I was a mess, and uh, when I got saved, when I got saved, man, I turned. You know, the Lord just turned me. Amen? My want-tos changed. My desires changed. I wanted to go to church. I wanted to listen to preaching. And uh, the Bible, it just came alive, you know. And uh, my dirty mouth wouldn't go away fast enough. I mean, I'm just telling you, my life changed. And... Uh, <clears throat> And we see these men, or these wise men here, when they were coming to the house. What's that talking about? They were drawn there. God drew them there, right? Hey, when God starts, when, when God fixes, get my words right here. When God's going to save somebody, he draws them. You know, you hear sometimes, and, and I've even thought this, that, yeah, I, I, I started looking for God. <laughs> you know, that's not really true. The Bible says that, that God draws us to him. Yeah. And, and to a point to where he gets our attention, and then we hear the gospel and we get saved. Yeah. He draws us, doesn't he? Uh, John twelve thirty two it says this, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. You'll, you'll be drawn to Jesus Christ. Before you're looking to, 
for him. He's looking for you. Amen. John 6, 44, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. That word draw means, literally, means to be dragged. The Father, through the Holy Spirit, <laughs> grabs you and starts bringing you to Jesus Christ. That's, that's, I mean, that's his Bible. So after meeting Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin, you're going to go another way. And your life will change directions. I'm going to say that about 20 times tonight. I just, that's the point. That's the whole message. When you get saved, you're going to go a different direction. Hey, if your life has not changed any, you say you're saved, you say, I got saved this or that, you know. I, if you can say you're saved, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I know, you know. But if your life never has changed. That's not Bible. When you meet Jesus Christ, you're going to go another way if you get saved. I'm just telling you. Uh, in that same verse, when they were coming to the house, they saw and fell down. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down. What's that all about? <clears throat> Listen. Verse, uh, Romans 2, 4 says this. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. What's that all about, Brother Mike? Listen, <clears throat> when you get saved, <laughs> repentance is a big part of it, amen? And uh, it, 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 what's that all about? It's just the goodness of God. You've, hey, you finally come to your senses and you realize how good God is. That he died for you on the cross. That he paid a way for you to go to heaven. It's just the goodness of God that brings you to repentance. You finally just wake up and say, that's a good deal. <laughs> Amen? Hey, I'm all about deals my whole life. Buying and selling stuff. Amen? <laughs> Me and Nathan are flipping another house. Amen? It's just, uh, I just love buying and selling stuff. Amen? And... Uh, <clears throat> But when, hey, when somebody told me how to be saved, that guy invited me over to that house. Remember, I told the story. I tell it every time. You know, about 7 o'clock that night, he started plugging in these preaching tapes, cassette preaching tapes. I listened to them preaching tapes. 7 o'clock that night till 6.30 the next morning. Message after message after tape after tape. I got saved. Why did he get saved? It's a good deal. It's a good deal. I couldn't pass that up. Amen? His life for mine. How's that song go? Amen? Woo! I'm telling you. I'm excited about being saved. I just love being saved. Are you excited about your salvation? Wait, is it just a big bore to come to church? Do you have to be drugged to church, shamed into reading your Bible, shamed into having a prayer life? You got something different than I got? I'm not trying to make anybody doubt their salvation. I'm just trying to get you to see when you meet Jesus Christ, you're going to go another way. He's going to change the direction of your life. It'll be different. It'll be fun. It's exciting. I'm, I'm just telling you. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stay with this. My mind's going. Drrr. 
Anyway, they saw and they fell down. What's that all about? Uh, <clears throat> well, listen to this. Romans 14, 11 says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. <laughs> when you see the goodness of God, listen, in your heart, you just want to fall down before God. In your heart. If you're saved, you have that in you after you get saved. It's just the... I guess it's just like a father-son relationship, a daughter-father relationship. I'm talking about the perfect father, amen? So after meeting Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin, you'll go another way. Your life will change directions. I'm going to say it over and over. (laughs) So when you leave, you'll just have that one thought in your mind. Anyway, so what happens? You'll reverence God after that. Before I got saved, uh, God and Jesus Christ and all, it was just slang, cuss words. (laughs) I didn't know him. Isn't that something? Somebody can just cuss God for years and years and years, and God will save them. Anyway. Anyway. Amen? Uh, I talk to guys at the prison, the jail all the time, and they they have all this guilt, and they're... You know, up and down in their salvation. You know what? You get saved, you're not perfect. You get saved, like me, I was a mess. And I just struggled with different sins for years. And, uh, but you know what just overwhelmed me? Was the fact that God saved me and he knew what I was. Now, let me say it like this. He knew what he was getting into when he saved me. <laughs> Amen. He knew I was going to mess up and get better and mess up and get better and mess up. Amen? That's a great song. Amen? He'll take you back. As long as you're breathing, he'll take you back. You might have to work through some of the baggage, but he'll always take you back. Amen? Uh, and then look at verse 11, uh, on, on down through that verse. They saw the young child with Mary, the mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Worshipped him. What's that all about? Meeting the God of the universe, when you get saved, will overwhelm you. It will. Salvation is not a boring thing. It's not dull. (laughs) If your salvation is dull, you you know what's going on? You haven't read your Bible. You haven't prayed. You haven't witnessed. He never changes. Amen? I do, yeah. You will worship him when you see him in his beauty, in his love, his holiness, his kindness, his long-suffering toward you. <laughs> every morning I get up, I, 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 I just, well, not every morning. Most mornings I get up, I just have this thought. Man, he's going to give me another day. I'm 70. Amen, Brother John, I'm 70. Going to give me another day. I better tell somebody. I better pass out a track, huh? I better earn my keep. There's no such thing as earning your keep, but I better do something. He's giving me another day, yeah. Uh, Listen, the greatness and the enormity of God. You ever thought about that? He spoke the universe into creation. He just spoke, and the universe... That same God lives in me. <laughs> I tell people that, that are 
I know they're lost because they look at me like, what? God lives in you? He does. He lives in me. If you're saved, he lives in you. Uh, and, and listen, uh, you will sense a need to fall down and worship him from time to time in your life. I mean, it just happens. The way you think will change. The way you treat others will change. Some, God's word will become a love letter that must be read. Amen. Prayer will become one of your favorite times of the day. Having to just cut out some time in the day and just have some prayer with God. Say, get along with God. I'm telling you, you're missing out if you don't, if you don't have that. Telling others what happened to you will become one of the favorite things to talk about. <laughs> hey, did you know what? Did you know that you are as spiritual as you want to be? <laughs> I go say Brother Stevens, but there's two of them. Three of them. Four of them. <clears throat> Brother Charles. <clears throat> I was putting this together, and the Holy Spirit was just kind of, you're as spiritual as you want to be. Hey, don't blame others or your weaknesses as a Christian on others or circumstances in your life. Don't, don't blame all that because you're a weak Christian. Don't, don't do that. Hey, listen. I'm as right as I want to be with God tonight. I'm as close as I want to be with God tonight. And so are you. I'm as strong as I want to be with God tonight. So are you. You make that choice every day. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Remember that verse? It's not God's fault if I'm a weak Christian. It's mine. So what are you trying to say, Brother Mike? After meeting Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin, you're going another way. Your life will change directions. Yeah, it will. Look at uh, down in that verse 11, and look what it says there. They fell down, worshiped him, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They opened their treasures. Hey, when you meet Jesus Christ, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have a desire to give to him. I'm not just talking about money. I'm, I'm talking about you're going to have this desire to give to him. <clears throat> what they had, they presented unto him. So what's that all about? Here, Lord, this is all I have, but I'm giving it to you. You ever done that? Probably need to do that every day talking to me, but <clears throat> you know what? Time is really all we have. How much do you give God? Talk about time. You know, we just, this society that we live in, you know, it's just a rat race society. I'm one of the rats. <laughs> We're just, well, we say, isn't it crazy that we, we have, we schedule ourselves so tight that just minutes, just minutes, between coming here, going there, finishing this, starting that. Yeah. We get 168 hours a week. Do the math. We sleep 56 hours a week. We eat 14 hours a week. Maybe more. We work 
40 hours a week or more. Most people nowadays work 50-hour weeks. That's just kind of norm. Social media gets 18 hours a week. TV gets 25 hours on top of the social media. I mean, there's just standard statistics here, what people do. <clears throat> Add all that up, that's about 152 or three hours. Is there any time for Jesus left over? Pastor, I would love to help out around the church and get more involved, but my schedule is just so busy. <laughs> yeah. We make time for what we want to do in life, don't we? They presented gifts to him. Think about this. What's the best gift you got? It's your time. It's my time, see? Anyway, meeting Jesus Christ will break the bondage of selfishness in you. I'm just a selfish person, I'll tell you that. I'm selfish. Selfish about my time, selfish about my money. I'm just a selfish guy. I have to fight that all the time. That's my flesh. <laughs> my flesh, amen? My, Brother Nathan, my flesh doesn't want anything to do with God. It doesn't. <clears throat> but when you get saved, that selfishness should start to go away or we should start to get victory over it. Listen, <clears throat> you need to give it all to the Lord. You know why? It's all his anyway. <laughs> it's all his anyway. Hey, your wife or your husband, your family, house, car, job, your time, all your possessions are his. The money in your pocket, the money in your bank account, the money in your 401, the money in your retirement account, your house, the things you own, none of that belongs to you. I mean, you don't study your Bible. It doesn't belong to us. If it did, we would take it with us when we leave, when we die. I mean, if it really belonged to us, we don't. We leave it all behind. Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible or invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. Listen to this. All things were created by him and for him. There it is. I don't own anything. It's all his. All I do is just... Steward, I'm just a steward of it. Manage it, try to save some of it, try to give some of it to people that need it. Amen? Missionaries, church, yeah. It's all his money. Do you consider him when you spend it? Well, it's my money, Brother Mike. I earned it. Really? Who gave you the strength to earn it? <laughs> you start getting my age. You don't have the strength you used to have, right, Brother David? <laughs> I get all these, I hire these young guys to help me do things, and I just drink coffee and tell them to do this and that. <laughs> My granddaughter, she was helping me today work on that house, amen. So who gave you the, the job you have? Who tells your heart to beat? Who tells your brain to function? I mean, we take these things for granted, don't we? Who tells your stomach to digest the food you eat? Well, Brother Mike, that's just, that just happens. Really? The Bible says that we, we could, everything that we have and do and, and are or is is, is, is in Christ. He's, he's in charge of all that. Everything I have is on loan from God. 
That's not a Rush Limbaugh thing. That's just the truth. Everything that we have is on loan from God. Listen, everything I have, He has lent to me to use for His glory. When I die, I'm going to leave it all behind, see? So He's just entrusting me with it for a while. So what am I doing with it? Well, I'm trying to multiply it a little here and there. Give the missions. and Give the people I think need it. Amen? Uh, all things were created by him and for him. The Apostle Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 6. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? And ye are not your own. Listen, this, it's not just the things that we have and the money we have. We don't even own our body. This body belongs to him. Everything I look at, everything I listen to, everything I put in this mouth, he lives in me. He owns me. He owns everything I have. And listen, way too much. I try to take it back. I try to take it back. It's all his. First Timothy 6, listen. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Matthew 6, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Did you know he says that twice? It's in Luke chapter 12, 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The wise men, what they do? The treasures they had, they gave to Jesus Christ. Hey, when you get saved, you meet Jesus in the free pardon of sin, uh, you're going to go a different direction in life. He's going to change the direction in your life. What are you doing with all the treasures you have? What do you do with all those abilities you have? Everybody's got abilities. The Bible says that. Everybody has gifts. The Bible says that. Some have more, but everybody has at least one, according to the Bible. Yeah. So what do we do with those? Listen, their treasures, the wise men's treasures, became his treasures. Are you with me? Became his treasures. What's that talent that you have? What's that ability you have? What's that bank account you have? What's that time you have? Their treasures became his treasures. Listen, after meeting Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin... You will go another way. Your treasures will be his treasures. Think about what they gave. They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold is a picture of royalty. I have found my king. Jesus is the king of kings. Is he your king? Do you bow before him every day, daily? Do you bow before your king? He's the king, see? Frankincense is a picture of deity. I have found my God. Jesus is the God of all gods. Is he your God? Do you give him room in your busy schedule? Getting quiet, Brother Brett. Amen? Hey, I, that, that, the Lord just preached to me this whole thing this week. <laughs> so I'm just passing it on. Amen? What's myrrh? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh is a picture of healing. I have found my Savior. Jesus is the healing balm of Gilead, right? Is he your Savior? If 
you're here tonight, you don't know for sure if you died, you go to heaven, you got a lot of different ideas about religion and this and that, and, and you're probably sitting there thinking, why do you think you're right? <laughs> why do you think you have the right answer, Brother Mike? Because I got this. Amen? This is how you get saved right here. So, is he your king? Is he your God? Is he your savior? Then look at verse 12. See, we're just going fast. We're just going really fast. So the last time I preached, I went over an hour. That was nuts. That was crazy. I, I, I always go home and watch it on live stream. I just see the stupid things I do. And I try to, I try to learn, see? So a couple of weeks ago, Sunday night, I went home and I, I looked at the clock and I hit it. I didn't get done until about an hour and five minutes. And I, so I texted Pastor and I said, I'm sorry I went so long. I won't let it happen again. So I got I to get going. <clears throat> so, verse 12, look what it says. They're being warned of God. What's that all about? When you meet Jesus Christ, what's going to happen? He's going to start warning you about things in your life. He, hey, he, he warned these uh, wise men, Right? You get saved, he's going to start warning you. Better stop doing that. Better start doing this. You need to think about this. <laughs> he'll start warning you. Well, how does he do that? Uh, when you read his word, he'll warn you. But you've got to read it. <laughs> or you won't get no warnings. Hey, when you hear preaching, when you come to church, you'll get warned, Right? But you got to come to church. you got to hear it. Hey, when you listen to that still, small voice inside, really, God speaks to me. He's real to me. I, every day, he's just, he's just there. He's real. Uh, <clears throat> I said it before. He looks at what I look at. He listens to what I listen to. He knows what I put in my mouth. He, he's inside of me. God lives inside of me. In fact, Romans 8 says this, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. How do I know that I'm saved? Because He speaks to me, not in an audible voice, but loud enough to get my attention. Daily, Brother Andrew, daily, if I look for Him and seek Him, He manifests Himself to me. God. Does he do that for you? If he doesn't, maybe he's not in there. I'm not trying to get you to doubt your salvation at all. I'm just trying to get you to see <clears throat> that when you meet Jesus Christ in the free pardon of sin, you're going to go another way. Your life is going to change directions, and he's going to be in there speaking to you. He's real. He's God. He's in me. Hey, think about the holiness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost that created the universe lives inside of you and me. Does that, does that not have an effect on you on a daily basis? Hey, that's salvation. That's just salvation 101. What is that? Get up in the morning, God. He's just there. See? Get me a cup of coffee. Go start reading my Bible. And he, it's just God starts, he's just there. Get my little prayer book. I didn't bring my prayer book tonight. I was going to bring that. 
and just show you. I was going to bring the one I have from last year. I buy these dollar, general, dollar. They're about this thick. Notebooks, got the wire. They're about this big. And the first page is my wife. Second page, Dave and Mary. Third page, Jim and Shelley. Fourth page, starts the grandkids. That goes for about 12 pages. <laughs> and then, who's after that? Pastor, Mrs. Pastor, Marshall, Mrs. Marshall. And then, and then it just works down through people in the church, prison, and, then, and then, then it gets to a point where it's just everyday things. So in my prayer time, I wish I'd have brought it, but uh, <clears throat> in my prayer time, I, every day I'll write down some things that are going on. I want to get this done today. I, I just pray about everything. I, hey, I've learned that even though I can go down to this house and tear out some walls and put some walls back and flip this house, I just know for a fact that I can't do it. I need him. I got to have him, right? So every day I'm writing down things about the day. <laughs> then tomorrow... I'll reread that, and the things that he helped me accomplish, I highlight them like that. And so I was going to bring that little prayer book and just show it to you. Yellow page, yellow page, yellow page, yellow page. Well, you just, you're just doing things, Brother Mike, like everybody does, and you get them done, and it just happens. You don't need to pray about everything. Really? I just don't want to go and do anything without him. <laughs> he watches over me and helps me. Ah. Anyway, I got to... <clears throat> so, they, they departed another way. Being warned of God in a dream, they departed another way. What's that all about? <clears throat> Listen, you, you'll love the things of God. You'll start loving the things of God, the spiritual things versus worldly things. Your eyes will be open to good and bad. Did you ever think about that? I'll just tell this story. I don't like to talk about sin that I got into before I was saved. I, don't, I just don't talk about it. But, so, I got saved. The very next day, I went over to this guy's house, Brother Brett, that I, I, every day, it's, it's in August, right? I go over to this guy's house and eat lunch. We work second shift. We'd go in about 3 o'clock, work till midnight. i go over to this guy's house. We'd eat lunch, drink a couple beers every, for lunch every day. I was just stupid, but that's just what I did. And so I got saved. The next day, I went over to his house. I'm not thinking anything about nothing. I'm in the backyard. He's got one of these big spools. You know how these big spools that wire come on? You know how you flip them over and make a table? And we're sitting at that, and I'm breaking out my lunch, starting to eat my lunch. Here he comes out of the house. Got two beers. Sets one down in front of me. Sets one down. He starts eating. As, hey, as soon as he stepped out of the house... The Holy Spirit that was living inside of me and only, had only been there a couple hours from the night before, amen, living inside of me, 
And the Holy Spirit said, you ain't drinking that. Hey, that's wicked stuff. You're not touching that ever again. Don't drink it. He brings it. He sits down in front of me. And it was just like, it was like, it was like voodoo. <laughs> Kathy, it was like voodoo. Amen. It was like, I thought, gee, this is devil stuff. I mean, it was, that's the thoughts running through my head. It's like, oh, man, I can't drink that. So I just kept eating my lunch. He goes, drink your beer. What's going on? What, are you sick? What's wrong? How come you're not drinking your beer? I said, I don't know. I ain't going to drink it. In fact, I didn't go back to his house ever again to eat lunch. Now, I had other sins I struggled with, though, so I, but I never drank after that. Everybody has different things they struggle with, amen? I'm just telling you, it was different. It was different. Uh, listen, you'll be sensitive to sin. You can't just keep on sinning and it won't bother you. 1 John 3, 9, listen to this. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his, for his seed remaineth in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. So if you just read that and you didn't know what she's reading, you'd think, that don't make sense. You did a little word study, though. Those words, commit sin, means to practice sin. Whosoever is born of God won't practice, keep on practicing sin. They won't. If they do, they're miserable. They're miserable. Hey, I've went back into sins that I shouldn't have went back into after I got saved, but I was, I was miserable. Amen? Yeah. Hey, something else is going to happen. You'll have compassion and love where you hate it. Listen to this, 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. That's good, isn't it? But it goes on, it says this. He that loveth not God, or he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. When I got saved, he began to change me about how I looked at people. I'm just telling you. Hey, you'll be prompted to forgive and give up bitterness that you have harbored for years. If you don't give up bitterness, you know what happens? It just eats you up. It just eats you up. And the person you're bitter at, they don't know anything's going on. They're having a good time. They're enjoying life. And you're just ate up with bitterness. <laughs> you can get over that. He'll help you. Hey, you'll want to tell others about your new salvation. Your goals in life will all change. Living for Him will change your travel plans. The way you travel. Yeah, you'll make sure there's a church there. Somewhere. See? Oh, we're, we're going to be gone Wednesday, and, and we're going to be in this town. Uh, honey, get online and look. Make sure there's a church. Anybody there we know? Are there any good churches? Maybe we need to drive to the next town, find a good church. Amen? You'll change your plans. Hey, you'll have a desire to look, act, talk, and think like God. How's that happen? He's in you. <laughs> Amen? 
You can't help but start looking like him, acting like him, talking like him, thinking like him. He's in you, yeah. It's real. This is real stuff. I don't know. It's so simple, but it's, it's just incredible. Hey, you'll be heading another way in life after you meet Jesus Christ. Hey, you'll remember the meeting. You'll remember, hey, you'll remember the time you met him. So I always, people that struggle with their salvation, I always, I always tell them this Ronald Reagan story. He's my favorite president, Ronald Reagan. There's a lot of other presidents, but in, in my lifetime, Ronald Reagan would be the favorite. So, <clears throat> so if, if I'm at the prison, this is the way I would tell it. I'd say Ronald Reagan would pull up in front of the prison. He'd get a hold of the uh, warden of the prison, and he would say, Send so-and-so down here, give him some civvies to put on and get rid of that orange jumpsuit. Give him some regular clothes to put on, and we'll take him out to lunch. See? So you go out, you eat somewhere with the President of the United States. And, he, and he, he, he'll ask you on the way out, you want to, what do you want? You'll say, steak. Let's go to Hoof and Horn, down the south end. So you go to Hoof and Horn with Ronald Reagan. Think about that. Wouldn't that be awesome? And you're eating, and you get done pretty fast. And he goes, you want another dinner, another steak dinner? Sure. So you get another one. Brother John, amen? Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, and the whole time you're talking to the president of the United States. He's talking to you. You're talking to him. Amen. You're asking him about all those movies he was in. I mean, this is a good time, right? You're talking to the president. He's a, he's a movie star, president. He, he did so many different things. So he brings you back to the prison. You go back to your cell. Five years later, five years later, you remember the president coming, getting you going to eat two steak dinners. How awesome is that? That's good, isn't it, Brother Nathan? Amen? Ten years later, you still remember. That's a big deal, right? Young people? Amen? 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, unless you get Alzheimer's, you're going to remember the president came, got you, Went and ate a big steak dinner. Two steak dinners. What are you getting at, Brother Mike? You can't meet Jesus Christ, the God of heaven, and not remember? I'm not talking to you. Listen, maybe you forgot the date, but you can take me to a place and point to somewhere and say, right there, I got saved. If you can't do that, Maybe you're not saved. I'm not trying to get you to doubt your salvation. You meet somebody as big as God, creator of the universe, and you don't remember a lot of it? What? When you meet Jesus Christ in the free pardon of sin, you'll go another way. He will change the direction of of your life. How is it with you tonight? 
Are you going in a different direction? I'm not saying you're perfect. We all have ups and downs. We slide back. We, we backslide. We stumble. We fall. We do stupid things. We do things on purpose. <laughs> Feel bad and guilty. I'm not talking about... I'm just... You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But hey, are you going a different direction? If it's never, hey, if you've never had that in your life, where you met God, he changed the direction of your life. You've never had that in your life. You need to start asking questions. I'm not saying you need to come tonight and pray a prayer. and It don't work like that. You've got to know what you're doing, see. And the Holy Spirit needs to direct you and show you. You just need to, you need to keep coming. Hey, just keep coming to church. God will make it clear to you, see? But where are you at tonight? Where are you at tonight? Brother Mike, my salvation is not like yours. It can be. It can be, amen? You need to enjoy your Christianity. If it's, if it's just a dull thing, man, that's just terrible. How hard can that be? That, that's just a... That's a, that's a dog's life. Amen? I used to tell Philip, he, before he got married, I'm talking about years before he got married. I used to tell him, Philip, that being single, that's a dog's life. You know what? Not being saved, that's a whole lot worse than a dog's life. You're headed to hell. If you don't get it corrected... Not good, amen?